1: in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day,
2: Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today I want to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse, that trial, you know, because I think Kyle Rittenhouse is an American hero. Kyle Rittenhouse trial is set for Monday, November the 1st, and the judge has ruled that the men who Rittenhouse shot can be described as rioters and looters. But not victims. A man was killed after firing shots at code enforcement officers in Austin, Texas. We're going to talk about that. After they attempted to mow his lawn while his house was on fire. Man, let me tell you. Ooh, okay. That's a lot. You know, uh, and I I get it. I get it. I understand because I want to talk about this. Because you have to pass by, you know, like three or four homeless encampments to get to this guy's house. You know, and and there's more concerned about him cutting his grass than someone looting, burning, uh, breaking into, you know, property, stealing property, whatever. You know, more concerned about him cutting his grass than anything else. To the point that, and and there's never a justification to shoot at police. Do not get me wrong. Under no circumstances do you ever do that. You know, but things should not escalate to this point. And now this guy's dead because he sh- he shot at police. And the SWAT responded. Uh, so in Austin, just remember this. Cut your grass or you'll get shot. <laughs> All right, I want to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, I, want you, I want to in- introduce you to Kyle Rittenhouse. Take a listen to this. You're obviously you're armed and uh, you're in front of this so, business we saw burning last night. So what's up?
0: So people are getting injured and our job is to protect this business. And part of my job is to also help people. There's somebody
2: hurt. I'm running into harm's way. That's why I have my rifle because I need to protect myself, obviously. But I also have my med kit. We're protecting from the citizens, and I just got pepper sprayed by a person in the crowd.
1: So you had non lethal, but you you didn't respond?
3: We don't have non lethal. So you guys are full on ready to defend the property?
2: Yes, we are. Now, if I can ask, can you guys step back? Medical EMS right here. I'm an EMT. All right, so that's Kyle Rittenhouse. That's the beginning uh, just earlier that evening when all things came about. And just to give you a little – let's get a little background. So this happened last year, 2020, and what happened was there was a shooting. I believe it was Jacob Blake. um, Officers responded to a 911 call, and uh, Jacob Blake was a guy that apparently had a knife, and the officers were trying to talk to him and try to get the knife out of his hands things escalated out of control Jacob Blake ended up getting shot uh injured very seriously he did survive and then because of that shooting that started protests which led to riots in Wisconsin so that night and you know and nights after that uh, a lot of property was destroyed a lot of businesses you know you have a lot of you know small business owners lost a lot uh car dealerships uh, was uh, the vehicles were burned in this car dealership, and so the owner of the dealership decided, "Look, I need some help. I need some assistance. Uh, we need somebody to, you know, to keep the rest of the business, the building, you know, from being burned down because you know people are riding, they're looting, they're just you know, uh, just man, just burning everything. So we need to, you know, r- keep whatever we have left. So we asked for help." And so, a group of people—they're uh, calling themselves a militia—decided uh, to assist the small businesses because law enforcement could not, uh, didn't have enough law enforcement to help. So they decided to show up with rifles and handguns to, you know, keep people from burning down the different, you know, businesses in that area. So as they're there this particular night, this, like I said, this happened last year. You know, put yourself in 2020. Uh, When you remember when, you know, the heat of the pandemic, everyone's locked up, couldn't, you know, we're all inside of our home, whatever, masked up. And, uh, you know, when you can, you know, like I I like to refer to this as Austin, Texas, when you can travel one side of Austin to, you know, from the north side to the south side and get there in about five minutes. You know, it's never, ever experienced that ever again. (laughs) Take an hour to do that now. But back then you can do it in five minutes. So, this is that time frame. You know, no one's out. The roads were clear. Uh, but at night, you had rioters and looters uh, going on. And, you know, and, but you're, you're so I want to put you, you know, in that, in that mindset there. So here we are. It's 2020, you know, July, August time frame. And they're traveling, people are traveling from different cities around that area uh, to, to this little town. Now, Kyle, he actually attended the high school, from what I understand, and he wanted to help, you know, to remove some graffiti from the high school. So earlier that day, he traveled to, you know, help them, you know, paint the high school to fix the graffiti. And then he found out, hey, they're asking for volunteers to help at this car dealership to protect the dealership to keep people from burning the rest of the dealership down and the rest of the vehicles. So he's a, works, you know, volunteers as a medic. So he decides to attend, you know, a friend gives him a rifle. He didn't travel from Illinois, which where he was from. He originally he was from Illinois, uh just north of Chicago there. And he didn't travel from Illinois to Wisconsin with the rifle. A friend of his gave him a rifle once he was in Wisconsin. Now that's important to remember because, you know, at the time Kyle was 17 years old and at 17 you know you couldn't have a you can't have a rifle in Illinois, and at seventeen, I believe the only way you can have a rifle in Wisconsin if you're being accompanied by an adult or you're having a hunting license and you're out hunting you know we'll and I'll let you decide whether or not you know hunting people is one of those things you can hunt <laughs> so We'll talk about that later all right so he's in so he's in Wisconsin, and there a group of people are there and Someone is is actually lighting, trying to light a trash can on fire, and someone's trying to put it out. You know, take a look at this next video here. All right, so as you see there, um, someone's trying to light a trash can on fire. Someone's putting the trash can, the fire out, and this kind of agitated, you know, and frustrated the protesters. They were upset because they wanted to burn some stuff down. They're upset that you know their you know their attempts to burn property down was actually stopped by someone else. We come back from the break. we got some more video. we also want to talk about I want to talk about use of force and daily Force. I want to talk about why I think Kyle Rittenhouse was justified in doing what he did. I want to talk about why I think these people deserve to be shot the way they were. We're going to talk about that and break it down. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to come and talk it. Hi, this is Stephen Wollifer, the Barefoot Defender.
4: I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It.
1: Welcome back to Come and Talk It, and now here's Michael Cargill.
2: All right, we're back, and we're talking about Kyle Rittenhouse, the Wisconsin shooting. We're talking about how he's an American hero, how he's going to be vindicated,
1: and how the people that were shot
2: deserve to be shot. All right, so we're going through the breakdown of kind of what happened that night, uh, last year, 2020, and we're talking about, you know, every detail of this. Uh, I want to talk about the people that were actually shot. I want to get into their criminal history. Uh, So that way we know their mindset and want to talk about uh, the people that were just who had firearms that actually had felony or either domestic violence charges, meaning that they were not supposed to be in possession of a firearm, period, whatsoever under federal and state law. Want to talk about that. Uh, One of the men that was charged with discharging a firearm in in the Kenosha just moments before Kyle Rittenhouse shootings uh, actually happened. Uh, this guy actually confessed. So police have arrested and charged the man who confessed to being the first person to fire his gun at the protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin, just moments before um, Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself the way he should have. Uh, he So basically, a 35-year-old Joshua Zeminski, along with his – with uh, both admitted to officers that he had fired off a warning shot – him and his girlfriend admitted this, a warning shot into the air on August 25th during the Kenosha protest, according to a criminal complaint. Meanwhile, uh, Rittenhouse's attorneys have called the latest development, a pivotal moment that proves why the 70 year old uh, had reason to fear for his life and why their, you know, their client felt he had no way out as protesters chased him with no way to know who fired the shot, you know, and, and, I want to look at some, you know, some pictures that we have. You have some pictures of of actual Kyle Rittenhouse. Take a look at that. Um, and then you have, um, yeah, there's a couple of people I want to I want to tell you about, and that's Joseph Rosenbaum and Anthony um, Huber. I want to tell you about these two guys. And the reason I want to get into this, I want to get into their criminal history, uh, because uh, these men, you know, uh, Joseph Rosenbaum and Anthony Huber. They were shot in Kenosha, uh, and it's important that you know who they are and know everything about them. And you get, you know, we get into the criminal history a little bit uh, because these guys are not innocent, you know, at all in some of the things they did. Uh, their intentions were not good. One, there was a curfew; everyone should have been at home. No one should have been there, including Kyle Rittenhouse. And and I'll be the first one to tell you, at 17 years old. Uh, You should have been at home in bed. You know, you shouldn't have been out uh, participating in anything whatsoever. You know, everyone should have been home. Uh, So let's get that out, you know, right there, out from the get go. Um, Let's look at, let's take a look at this next video right here. This next video doesn't have any audio, can't play any audio to it. That's too many too many words in there. This shows. Um, this is the the first guy that was shot, and it shows that you know. And I want to play this video again, you know, one more time because this shows this guy. He, he was actually convicted of a uh, uh, sexual assault, and he was uh, in the in the registry in Wisconsin. It
5: was like five boys, wasn't it? I'm not sure. I heard it was five boys, and he was supposed to serve eight years. A little over
2: a year per boy. That's Mr. Rosenbaum. Wow. That's crazy. That's Joseph Rosenbaum, who lived in Kenosha. He had an an open case for a misdemeanor bail jumping that was filed on July 30, 2020. The condition of bond read not to possess or consume alcohol, not to possess or consume controlled substances without a prescription. No contact, including residence, electronic or third party uh, with uh, a couple of different people. Uh, Roosevelt also had an open misdemeanor case for battery, domestic abuse, and, and disorderly conduct, domestic abuse. Um, uh, Roosevelt was the father of a two-year-old girl. He was 36 years old, and uh, he was found on the Wisconsin Sex Offender Registry You know, right now. you know, There's a, a picture of that, and screenshots in, in city databases show that he was on the registry for sexual contact with a minor case out of Arizona. What were you going to say?
4: I'm just going to say this. He sounds like a real piece of work. Oh, yeah. Being out and around with all these charges against him still holding. But it's just like, how the hell was he able to
2: get his hands on something? Or why was he out and about anyway? Right. He, and, and then there's no reason for him to be, you know, to be out there agitating the situation. For some reason, this guy was angry, and he just wanted to fight and find a reason to start a fight. And so what happened was this guy started uh, – Kyle Rittenhouse actually was running – um, down the street, uh, and, and all of a sudden Rosenbaum decided to chase this guy for no reason. So he chased Kyle into a parking lot. And as Kyle runs into the parking lot, uh, Rosenbaum reaches for Kyle, Kyle Rittenhouse's rifle and tries to swing on him. As he's doing that, that's when the guy, another guy, fired a shot in the air. So you can imagine, you know, what, you know, what Kyle was actually thinking. This guy's reaching for my, my, my firearm and also someone shooting at me, you know, possibly. And so he pulled back and actually shot Rosenbaum, and it was a fatal shot. So then, you know, Kyle takes off, you know, he runs, and people started chasing him. And take a look at this next video. You'll see where, where people are chasing him. And he's trying to get away. And this is pretty interesting here because uh, one guy tries to kick him in the face, ends up kicking him in the, in the chest. Another guy hits him with a skateboard. Another guy approaches him with a handgun. By the way, he was not supposed to be in possession of a handgun at all, any firearms at all, because he was a convicted felon. But he approaches him with a handgun. And I kind of want to show that video one more time, you know, again, because, uh, you know, one guy jumps. Tries to lunges at him, tries to kick him in the face, ends up kicking him in the chest. Another guy hits him with a skateboard. Another guy approaches him with a gun. So he's hearing shots being fired. He's been attacked by three or four different people. He had no choice whatsoever to pull his firearm out and pop, pop, and drop him the way they deserve to be dropped.
5: Yeah, so Joseph Rosenbaum was uh, charged by a grand jury in Pima County, Arizona, with 11 counts of child molestation and inappropriate sexual activity around children, including anal rape. Mm. The victims were five boys, range, ranging in age from nine to eleven. And what kills me is people feel sorry for this guy. I don't understand that. How many boys? Five boys from nine to eleven years old.
2: Rape five boys nine to eleven years old, and we're sitting here, and we're you know we're, we're feeling sorry for this this man. I'm not, not not whatsoever. And that's why I say he deserved to be shot in the and, way he uh, was in the way he was shot
5: So how old was he? He is 36 years 36 old. 36
2: years old and raped. How old were the boys? 9 to 11 years old. 9 to 11 year old boys. He's 36. He raped them. That's oh. just disgusting. Yeah. Deserved to be shot in the way he was. I have no sympathy whatsoever. Kyle Rittenhouse is a hero. He's an American legend. Put him down like a dog like they were. All right. So now once this happens, Kyle then, you know, continues to run to get away because they're continued. someone's you know uh, i guess they stopped finally stopped following him he's walking toward law enforcement uh to get out of the area there and uh some people are upset because they felt that law enforcement should have detained him should have stopped him but they didn't know that he was the one actually that actually shot the other individuals
5: oh you know what the guardian posted right after it happened what they post theguardian.com so they posted quote a father and a 26 year old skateboarder, the protesters killed in Kenosha. Anthony Huber, 26, and Joseph Rosenbaum, 36, were shot dead when armed extremists
2: disrupted
5: a Black Lives Matter protest.
2: They were rioters and looters. That was the Guardian's headline. Rioters, looters, they can be, re- and according to what the judge said, they can be referred to as rioters and looters. And you know what I like to add in there that the uh, the attorney should actually refer to him as a rapist, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it, and other things as well. Uh, insane. Yeah. Um, we're talking right now. We're talking about Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, we're talking about the trial is set for Monday, the, uh, November the first. And this is going to be a long week. Everyone's going to be tuned into this. Uh, we're going to see how this plays out. You got uh, use of force and deadly force experts are expected to. Uh, actually testify in this case uh, because I don't see, you know, only problem I see with this case is possession of the firearm. So once the defense can actually prove why uh, their client should have been in possession of the firearm, I think the use of force and daily force is going to be simple after that. You know, because everything else to me is totally justified. You know, you can easily prove that you were in fear of losing your life. By these people who never should have had firearms in the first place because they're convicted felons, never should have been there in the first place, you know, out past curfew um, and all that good kind of stuff. And yeah, no one should have been there on both sides, you know, in the first place because there was a curfew in place. Uh, But definitely, you know, once you're there, he had a right to protect himself, had a right to stop them from trying to kill him, bash his face in with a skateboard, kick him in the head, try to shoot him because one guy had a firearm. And then the funny thing about the one guy with the, the handgun, once he was shot, all he screams is, Medic, Medic, Medic. You know, un- unreal, unreal. You know, uh, it- it's-, it's funny how you, some people feel that you can, you know, you have a right to attack someone, uh, but they don't have a right to protect property. They don't have a right to protect themselves. You know, yes, we do have a right to property. It's, un- it's-, it's important that you understand what the laws are. When it comes to use of force and daily force and protecting property, there are very specific things in every state when it comes to property and whether or not you can use force or daily force. Learn that stuff. So that way you don't say these stupid statements to the media about, you know, what happened when you get shot. Oh, why did they shoot Johnny? All he's trying to do is trying to rob someone. He was just trying to, you know, take the money from him, from them. He didn't deserve to get shot. Those are things we hear. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is
1: Doug man Jones.
2: <laughs> and I get my gun news
4: from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It.
1: is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
3: Austin's Talk 1370. Welcome it's back to
1: Come, and, come and, and, talk and Talk It with it your host, Michael Cargill. Michael Cargill. Brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last
2: decade, Michael has... All said- right, so we're back and we're talking about uh, Wisconsin. We're talking about Kyle Rittenhouse. We're talking about... Um, This case is going to be heard come November the 1st on Monday, and it's going to trial. Kyle Rittenhouse lawyers can refer to the men he shot as rioters and looters, uh, but prosecutors still may not call them victims because they're not victims. (laughs) No way, (laughs) no shape, no harm. They're not victims. What do you think, Zach? They're uh, child rapists. (laughs) (laughs) At best. At best. That's Mm -hmm. the best thing you can say about them. Uh, Circuit Judge Bruce Schroeder cautioned the defense team against using uh, pejorative terms during opening statements, but he said they could use them in their closing arguments if the evidence suggested the men engage in criminal acts. He can demonize them if he wants, if he thinks it will win points with the jury. Now, Rittenhouse has pleaded not guilty to the charges and says he acted in self-defense when he fatally shot Joseph Rosenbaum and Anthony Huber, and wounded Gage Crew in August of 2020. Now, then-17 and living in Antioch, Rittenhouse fired the shots while patrolling downtown Kenosha with an AR-15-style rifle amid the turmoil surrounding the shooting of Jacob Blake, a black man by a white police officer. Despite not being old enough to openly carry a gun, Rittenhouse volunteered as an armed security guard after businesses had been burned and vandalized during demonstrations held the previous night. Now, shorter earlier had ruled that the three men cannot be referred as victims during the trial because it would be uh, prejudicial uh, to Rittenhouse. Uh, such rulings are not uncommon in self-defense cases where there is a dispute over who bears responsibility. In allowing the defense to describe the people Rittenhouse shot uh, in, in, in the terms of the judge stressed that he had not tr- uh, changed his mind about calling them victims. The word victim is a loaded, loaded word, according to the judge. The ruling among the last issue by this judge before the jury selection begins uh, tomorrow, Monday on November 1st, clearly frustrated prosecutors who suggested the judge was creating a double standard by allowing Rosenbaum and Huber to be disparaged uh, when they could not defend themselves. <laughs> uh, the term that I'm identifying here in such as rider, looter and arsonist are as loaded, if not more loaded, than the term victim, according to the assistant district attorney, Thomas Binger. The defense intends to argue that Rosenbaum, in particular, posed a danger that night as he threatened to kill people and engage in arson. None of the acts, however, occurred in the moments immediately preceding the shooting, and the behavior of many people there was lawless, just complete lawless according to the defense attorney. Now, the judge indicated he would allow evidence of bad behavior that night by the men Rittenhouse shot because it could speak to how dangerous they would have seemed to the team, uh, to uh, this young man. And prosecutors failed to convince the judge that the defense wanted to, you know, sully Rosenbaum's reputation so the jury could more easily justify the shooting. I think it's going to be easy to do this. You know, all they have to do is talk about, you know who this guy was. You know uh, what was his his criminal history. Just read his rap sheet. This is an attempt to tell the jury that Mister Rosenbaum was a bad guy, which he was, who deserved to die, which he did, according to the attorney. All right, so this is going to be it's going to be an interesting week. You know what do you think? Very interesting.
5: Yeah, we'll see what happens.
2: Man, I'm, I'm yeah, I can't wait. I definitely want to tune into this. All right, so man, any, any any thoughts? What do you think about it, Zach? Um, I mean, it's gonna be
5: up to twelve guys, right, and ladies, and
2: we'll see what they say, right? We'll see what they say. <laughs> now, you know what? I want to talk about Austin, Texas, man. Let me tell you, if you don't cut your grass in Austin, you may die. <laughs> get shot. May get shot. That's right. Either cut your grass or or else, you know, and matter of fact, after this end of this show, I'm going to my house. I'm cutting my grass. Not, <laughs> apparently they're not playing around here. So I'm going home. <laughs> I'm going home. I'm going to change clothes and I'm cutting my grass. Neighbors, I'm coming home to cut my grass. <laughs> Please don't call on me. Don't call the man on me. Cause they will put you down like a dog. If you don't cut your grass in this town, you can be homeless. You can build, you can build whatever structure you want to on the side of the highway. You know, if you want, if you want to plant something, you want to, you want to take a car, put it upside down on the side of the road. If you want to, you know, build a, you know, just build a, a makeshift house, you know, along the interstate, you could do that. But what you cannot do is allow your grass to exceed so many inches. Cause if you do that, they will put you down like a dog i'm telling you now <laughs> oh by the way if you're getting robbed you're being raped <laughs> you know you're being assaulted you know someone's breaking into your house it's a home invasion you know and the people have you know they're not there they're they're running away call 311 don't call 911 cuz we're not interested in that but what we are interested in we're interested if you're not cutting your grass, because if you don't cut your grass like we tell you to, we're going to put you down like a dog. Only in Austin, Texas. That's how it is in Austin. Come on down to Austin, Texas. The model of Austin, if you don't cut your grass, boy, we're going to shoot that. You know what?
4: Austin, Texas, baby. <laughs>
2: That's right. Well, I'm telling you, we're coming for you. So you, ooh, you going to learn today if you don't learn any other day. So, Man, this guy, okay, so how do we set this story up? So, a visit from the city of Austin for lawn care resulted in gunfire, uh, a large house fire, and an officer involved shooting Wednesday in southwest Austin, Texas. The man involved was later taken to an area hospital where he died, uh, according to the Austin Police Department. Now, according to APD, the situation began around 9.16 a.m. in the morning When the Austin code enforcement and the APD officer visited a resident to serve a warrant in 10600 block of Pickney Lane Um, and code enforcement intended to conduct the lawn maintenance, you know, because this guy hadn't cut his grass. Neighbors, you know, were like, "Look, dude, you need to cut your grass. You know, we want you. We have a tight little homeowner association around here. We need to cut your grass. you don't cut your grass. We won't call the man on you. And all this man wanted to do is he just wanted other people to mind their business and leave him alone. You know, he's like, look, you know, everyone's complaining about the price. You know, the the cost of living is increasing. You know, the home value is going up, going up so high. So why are you worried about whether or not I cut my grass? I'm here to help out the neighborhood. As a matter of fact, you know, you know, as a matter of fact, you know, I feel like, I, you know, I don't encourage you to do this. But it's, okay. I get the urge to do this every once in a while, just to walk outside and fire a couple of rounds in the air, you know, to keep the, the price of the home value down a little bit. I heard you go do that in the alley. That's the best place to do it. <laughs> Apparently, some people do that.
5: I've <laughs> a- seen that tweet.
2: Allegedly.
5: <laughs> every couple of weeks, I go into the alley, fire a few shots, and keep, right.
2: the, you keep the, the price home- of the neighborhood Yeah, you gotta down. keep the prices down. Just pop, 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 pow, right? So, so, according to Austin Police Department, you know, this is when that situation began. They attempted to cut the lawn of, uh, of this guy, and this is the reaction they got. APD officer Jose Mendez said, APD says, during the visit around 1021 a.m., the resident began firing a gun from inside the home. The city uh, says all C- Austin code staff involved are all right though one code inspector suffered a minor shoulder injury while seeking cover. You know, he was running for his life. (laughs) I can imagine, you know, how that was. So SWAT crews, uh, mental health officers and crisis negotiators, responded around 1043 a.m. to the home. And APD says the resident refused to come out or communicate with the officials. And SWAT spent several hours trying to conduct them, contact the man inside, you know, using de-escalation techniques and all that stuff. Around 3.19 p.m., officers moved to the back of the residence. They decided to gain entry. You know, we need to get in here. We're going we're gonna to shut this stuff down here. This has been going on too long. We've been here all, all day. You know, he needs to cut his freaking grass so I can go on back and barbecue, you know, at my house and take a break. So the man began uh, shooting again, and officers made entry at the front of the home using a robot. The robot could see a, a fire had been started inside the home and it was beginning to spread because he said, you know what? If I can't live here, nobody's going to live here. You know, <laughs> no one's going to live in my house. I'm going to burn this whole thing down. I'm burning it all down because if I can't, I can't enjoy my house. No one's going to enjoy this house. So he decided to burn this house down. So for the next 20 minutes, officers tried to coax you know, this man out, but they could see the house was fully engulfed in flames and a chief Chacon. uh, The chief of the Austin Police Department says officers thought at this point the man had succumbed to the flames and smoke. Well, the Austin Fire Department began extinguishing the fire. And at 3.39 p.m., the garage door opened and the man stepped out with weapons in his hand. And Chief Chacon says a SWAT officer shot and hit the resident who went down with a gunshot wound. Officers tried to get the man out of the home, separating him from his weapons and the fire. Medical aid was given to the resident and he was later taken to the hospital where he was pronounced dead at 4.01 p.m., according to uh, the Austin Police Department. And this was a multi-agency response. Uh, The Austin Fire Department, Travis County SWAT, Travis County Constable, and, as you know, mentioned code enforcement were all part of making this scene, uh, making all this go down. (laughs) So the Austin Fire will continue to keep an eye on the home to make sure that the fire doesn't reignite. You know, that's been a few days, so I think we're good with that. And I tell you, that was crazy. Crazy scene. Crazy. And all this guy wanted was people just to leave him alone and mind their own business. You know, and this and I I remind people that is things are really, you know, really weird, I think. And honestly, I think there should be a study on this. There should be a study of what happens when, you know, we as a society, you know, wear a face mask and we're not getting enough oxygen to the brain you know, how that's affecting, you know, the population. I I really seriously think there should be a study on this and how we, you know, we do this for a whole year and how that affects people. I want to, you know, how does it, how does it affect people? How we stay isolated from other people? You know, we stay inside, stay inside our home. We're in, we don't have contact with, with other individuals or loved ones or anyone else. You know, how does that affect your mental state? You know, I'm curious how everything that's happening right now, you know, How us as a society, you know, how these things are responsible for the things that we're actually seeing, experiencing. I'm very curious to this. And I hope that someday, you know, there's a study, maybe there's a study out there right now I just don't know about. And, and, and how we, you know, we're getting to this point because there's some really weird things happen. Here we are, you know, Austin, Texas, Saturday morning, 10 o'clock in the morning. There's a someone, an HB employee gets shot by a customer. There's some type of disturbance. They get shot at 10 o'clock in the morning at a grocery store in North Austin, you know, in the morning, you know, Saturday morning at a pharmacy. People go in and rob the pharmacy while their customers inside. They rob the customers. They rob the pharmacy. And here we are, you know. And you think it's Sunday, and, and they think you think criminals take a rest on Sunday because God said, you know, on Sunday we should take a break. No, 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 no. There's a, there's a homicide investigation going on right now in Austin, Texas. We're gonna hit triple digits when it comes to homicide. I promise you. We will have 100 homicides by the end of this year, December 31st. I promise you this. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
4: This is Chloe on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.
3: Talk 1370, the right choice.
1: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All
2: right, we're back and we're talking about how, you know, in Austin, you know, Austin's going to be. We're, we're like number one in the how we've increased the percentage of homicides in the nation.
4: Austin is one of the five safest big cities in the country.
2: And he's a fool because we're, we're talking number one, number one in percentage of homicides increases of, that have increased out of any city in this nation. Number one, Austin, Texas, we're going to be number one. So and I want you to think about this, you know. Because typically in Austin, we have like maybe 40 homicides. We're going to have 100 this year. They're going to be 100. I promise you that. You know, and and I think back to like January. And they don't even, they're 76 so far. And I don't think they really, you know, add them all. You know, because when I look at the list of homicides, and what is the definition of homicide?
5: It's when one human kills another.
2: Okay, so w- when I look at the the homicides, you know what I don't see when I look at the list, I don't see this guy that we just talked about on Wednesday, who you know who didn't cut his grass. <laughs> that's a homicide because <laughs> he was shot, and killed. He died, so he should be listed when they when we talk about the homicides. He should be in that list of homicides, but he's not listed.
5: Was he in the city of Austin or outside the
2: city? No, that's in the city of Austin. That was the Austin Police Department. Absolutely. So he should be listed in those that list of homicide. He should be. He should have a number, (laughs) and you know he should have a. He deserves to be counted. All lives matter. Should have
5: a number on his toe tag.
2: That's right. He should have a number. Uh, So, so far this month, you know, there have been a lot of shootings, but so far they only list a very small amount here when when it comes to you know like the the city of austin, you know, the apd, a man killed in north austin shooting identified on october the 3rd, on october the 6th, a man wanted in connection with a stepfather's homicide in southeast austin, he was caught. October the 9th, apd, 17-year-old killed during a gun battle in downtown austin. October the 9th, police identified a man shot killed in the parking lot of northeast austin club. October the 18th, APD investigating double murder suicide inside a Southeast Austin home. October 23rd, man wanted after a fight at East Austin home leads to deadly shooting. October 26th, husband fatally shoots wife in a Northwest Austin home while kids were inside. October 27th, APD identifies suspect in deadly shooting at North Austin hotel. You know, it goes on and on and on, but there are a lot of things they're not including, you know, not including all of them. And so in the end, like I said, in the end, it's going to be a hundred. I promise you this; it will be a hundred, and that's serious. And they're all over the city. You can't really say, you know, that they're in North Austin or South Austin. They're all over Austin, you know. And actually, to be honest with you, when you look at the homicides, downtown Austin looks pretty good. It actually looks pretty clear there. You're actually better off downtown. Uh, like um, you're better off like just north of downtown, right around the Capitol. You know, north of downtown, uh, just just west of thirty five. You're you're better off living right around there in the high rise somewhere. Because you'll be safe. <laughs> All right, so uh man, what else are we gonna talk about? Oh, housewives. You hear about that story, Zach? No. You didn't hear about that?
5: I mean I've heard about housewives, but what are you talking about?
2: All right, so real housewives star Dort Kimsley robbed at gunpoint in a Beverly Hills home. Yeah, she was a victim of a home invasion, according to the Los Angeles Police Department. So the home of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Dorit Kim- Kimsley was robbed Wednesday night. According to the Los Angeles Police Department, three men were wearing black hoodies and dark pants broken to the home at 10.50 p.m. and robbed, robbed her. Now, this is the year. 2021 is the year of face masks. You know, it's going to be the year of the mask. You know, we have the year of, you know, the dog, the year of all kinds of things. But 2021 should be the year of the mask because, you know, we've. It's normal for someone to, you know, just put on a mask and walk into a business. You know, it always freaks me out. To the, If you want to freak me out, I always turn around and take a look at someone who stands in front of the door of the gun store and they put on a mask before they walk into the door. That today, still today, that freaks me out. <laughs> Even today. <laughs> I can't get used to that. I, I'm sorry. That's not normal for me. You, you stand right in front of a business, put on your mask, and then you walk in. Just imagine what that looks like to me. You know, as someone who's inside. So that's why I call 2021 the year of the mass. So uh, the, victims, the victim was in the residence at the time and was met by the suspect. Uh, the victim was in fear and complied with the suspect's demands by directing them to the valuables. Hey, you know, here's all my stuff. You know, here's my jewelry. Just take that and just go. Uh, the suspects took handbags, jewelry, watches with a significant monetary loss and fled the location in a black truck, according to the police.
5: They say they stole about a million dollars worth of valuables. Ooh,
2: man. A million dollars. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Should I feel, should I feel sorry? <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. That, that's a lot. That hurts. Yeah, that's a lot. And so, uh, Kimsley is an entrepreneur and TV personality, according to Bravo TV's website. Her brand, Beverly uh, Beach, makes affordable swimwear. You know, and other things, and recently she released a collection of bridal gowns in collaboration with the Australian bridal designer, um, and that's a, that's a lot. And she's terrified. I bet you she's a gun owner now, but she's all about security. I bet you she's gonna, you know, get those. Yeah, uh, sh- she should have cameras uh, real soon installed at her home. She'll have an updated uh, security system. Uh, she'll probably have, you know, you you make that much money, you have a million dollars worth of stuff that someone can take from you in a home invasion. I bet you she's gonna have security guard, you know, on her property, armed security guard from now on. And cause never never let that happen again. You know, if you have that much money, you that many valuables someone can take in just a few minutes, a million dollars worth of stuff in a few minutes, you know? Wow. Definitely gets you know, you tied up your security, big time. I
5: bet homeowners insurance cover a bunch of it.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. She's yeah, she's covered. She's good. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, after the deductible, whatever that is. Thousand so. dollars? <laughs> no, no, I'm going to invest more than thousand minus... dollars. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's going to be more than a thousand. Pretty sure. What do you think?
4: I think these guys man up better hitting the home than they would hitting the bank. Oh
2: yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Good lord. You, you know, you know, you know. They say uh, the best time to hit a city to commit a crime is uh, during election season when you have. Uh, either a presidential candidate, but especially two presidential candidates in the same city. You know why? Because so, law enforcement they're so busy.
4: Oh, they're all focused on the VIPs in the area. They can't. They so, don't have the resources. Well, therefore, that their reaction time to any type of disturbance or crime that's going to be committed is going to be a lot longer.
2: Oh yeah, that's just it's that's, it's just man, it's crazy. Let me see what are i what are I comments online, Zach? What are they saying online? Anything good? Um,
5: Thomas Harrison basically uh, talking about how it's really sad and disgusting that a judge has to tell the DA that you can't call a criminal a victim. Talking about the uh, the rapist in Kenosha.
2: Yeah. That 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 I, I, yeah, I can't wait for this case. I'm I'm definitely gonna tune in and listen to this all day. You know. Is that going to be day one day.
5: that's like live broadcasted?
2: I don't know. I mean, okay, we'll see. Uh, we may have to wait to the end of the day and get the uh, or you know listen to someone's Twitter feed or something like that or watch read someone's Twitter feed on what's going on. I don't know if they have cameras in the courtroom. Uh, we'll see.
5: I'm not it's sure. going to be a high profile case. Very. Everybody knows who that kid is now.
2: Oh yeah, everyone. He's a
5: household name.
2: I do want to talk about this American Airlines flight attendant who suffered a broken nose after a pastor punched her in the face. You hear about that? No. You didn't hear about that? Oh man. Heard about all the
5: AA flights that were canceled. Fifteen hundred this weekend.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well this this is totally different story. You know, this a female flight attendant suffered a broken nose after being punched in the face repeatedly during a flight from New York City to California that made an unscheduled landing in Denver on Wednesday. What is it with Wednesday? Everything happened on Wednesday. I think there the it it has something to do with, you know, and you know it's got to have something to do with the stars and, and the, the 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 flares that we're seeing you know in space. what do you think, you I think, think it's hump day it was, no you think it's just hump day, and not people yeah. to get people i do I do admit people need to have more sex, but you know <laughs> it's too early it's it's Sunday we can't' That's talk the about middle that. of
5: the week the hump day you know
2: from the beginning of the week <sighs> to the, the no, middle of the week I, to the weekend it's a little deeper than that it's got to be a little That's deeper than deeper that, than that <laughs> It, it, I, I think so, you know, because I, I think it has something to do with the slow solar flares, you know, whatever we're seeing, you know, it's an, un, an, an imbalance, you know, it's something in the stars. It's got to be a little more than oh, that. Oh, it's because uh, Mercury's in Gatorade,
5: right? Mercury's in Gatorade? What yeah. does that mean? <laughs> Isn't that what everybody says? What? Yeah. <laughs> retrograde?
2: <laughs> Gatorade.
5: <laughs> retrograde? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm
2: like, what are you saying thing. to me? Retro- Gatorade, <laughs> retrograde, same thing, whatever. <laughs> Wonk wonk womp. Mean's about the same to me.
4: (laughs) Are you stupid or something?
2: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. What I tell you. This dude, man, and we come back from the break. I want to get into this story because I want to talk about, you know, what's the procedure? You know, what happens on an airline when something like this happens? You know, because they're going from New York to California. You know, so what happens when something happens in the air? You know, who's... What agency handles this? you know can this person can this person be arrested by the police on the grounds? it didn't happen in their jurisdiction? It happened in the air, not their jurisdiction. So can they criminally charge this person or is this federal? Do they bring federal charges against this person because it happened on the airline? You know Is there any you know civil penalty when things like this happen? So I'm going to talk about that. get into this story. So this flight attendant you know punched in the face on American Airlines flight from New York to California. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace. This is Maj Touray. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill.
1: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All
2: right, so we're back and we got some breaking news out of Washington, D.C. So Jen Psaki, press secretary for the White House, has tested positive for COVID-19. So this apparently on Wednesday, on Wednesday again, on Wednesday again, I'm telling you now, there's something with Wednesday. I'm telling you. On Wednesday, in coordination with senior leadership at the White House and the medical team, um, they made a decision to not travel on the foreign trip with the president due to family emergency, which was members of her family testing positive for COVID-19, according to what Jen Saki said in the statement. Uh, since then, she's uh, been quarantined. She tested negative via PCR for COVID on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. She added, however, today she tested positive for COVID. While she has not had close contact in person with the president or senior members of the White House staff since Wednesday and tested negative for four days after that last contact. She's disclosing today's positive test out of an abundance of transparency. And she last saw the president on Tuesday when they sat outside more than six feet apart and wore masks. Nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not believing that. Y'all need to stop. Come on, man. Yeah, come on now. Thanks to the vaccine, uh, they've only experienced mild symptoms, which... Was enabled, uh, has enabled them to continue working from home, and she, will plan- she plans to return to work in-, in person at the conclusion of a 10-day quarantine following a negative rapid test, which is an additional White House requirement beyond CDC guidance taken out of abundance of caution.
1: We'll, we'll circle back with you.
2: <laughs> so uh, breaking news out of Washington, D.C., the press secretary, Jen Psaki, attested positive for COVID-19. All right, so, man, what do you think about that, Zach?
5: I mean, everybody's gonna get it at one point. Or
2: everybody's that. gonna get it. <laughs> uh, no, nah, not if you wash your hands. <laughs> not if you wear a mask. Line
1: dog faced pony soldier.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Got to wash your hands. And wear a mask. You'll be fine. Get your shot. Get your shot. You know, I haven't gotten it. I've been fine. Don't touch your eyes. <laughs> Don't touch your eyes. Don't touch your face. You know what they say when you wipe your butt? <laughs> Don't touch your eyes. Don't touch your face. Go wash your hands. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't hang around people that have it. That's right. Stay away from people that have it. You never uh-huh. know. You can catch something. And be home before before dark. Before midnight. Before midnight. Is that what it is? Yeah. Get home before midnight. Because yep. you know, nasty people are out past that. Mm-hmm. That's right. You'll catch something that you can't get rid of. So you do all those things, you won't get the COVID. You'll be fine. You won't, the, you won't get the COVID. You won't get the COVID. You stay away from the COVID. All right, so... Back back to our gun news. Uh, I, well, this is not gun news, but I do want to talk about this American Airlines flight attendant. who was punched in the face. So this is this is crazy. So uh, the witnesses on the plane alleged that the incident began when the passenger began upset over having to wear a face covering. You know, and I think by now everyone knows that when you go to the airport, you get on the plane, you got to wear your face covering. If you don't want to wear a face covering, you, you know what? Drive. <laughs> You know, just if you if you can't do it, then drive. You don't have to fly an airline. You don't have to fly on an airline. You can drive your car and do what you want to do. You know, and travel across the country if you want to. Matter of fact, how about you get your own plane and fly yourself? You can do that yourself. Nothing yeah, stopping you from doing that. No, Nothing stopping, no. right. stopping you from getting your own plane. That's right. Nothing stop you from getting your own plane and doing gets it. Get your own airport. Get your own plane. Do what you do. do what, fine. That's right. You, you'll do it. You can do it. You can do it. Uh, so some witnesses on the plane alleged that the incident began then. All right. So now halfway through the flight, all the lights came on and the captain asked for two able bodied men to come to the front. which automatically is automatically alarming to some of the passengers like, whoa, what's hold on now? The captain said, I need two able bodied men to come forward That that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to peek up and look, lean to the left or lean to the right and see what's going on down the aisle. Captain then said they would be making an emergency landing in Denver. Mind you, this is a flight from New York City to California. They're stopping in Denver, Colorado. Unannounced landing. The man had to be duct taped to his seat. And and based off of what the flight attendant said, she said that the flight attendant was punched in the face twice and her nose was broken, so she needed to get off and go to a hospital and the police needed to get on and arrest the man. Now, Paul... Hartshorn Jr. of the Association of Professional Flight Attendants confirmed that the flight attendant's injuries in a Thursday statement added that she had since been released from the Denver Hospital and is on her way home. Now, after a flight attendant who was working in a different cabin bumped this passenger, uh, they said that then she walked uh, into the flight galley and the the passenger approached her and punched her in the face. So apparently... She, you know, she just walked by this guy, bumped this guy, and he was offended by that. So he got up and walked back there to her and punched her in the face twice. That's crazy. You know, I'm telling you, it's the face mask. It's not enough oxygen to the brain. I'm That's telling crazy. You. Yeah, it's crazy. Not enough oxygen to the brain. That's what it is.
4: I can definitely agree with it.
2: <laughs> it, it causes people to just lose their mind. So after flight 976 landed in Denver, the passengers who uh, were not identified, who was not identified by the airline, was removed and apprehended by law enforcement, according to American Airlines. We are outraged by the reports of what took place on board. Now, let me tell you something. You know, I like to play this game at home, you know, you know, white, black or other, you know, that game is white, black or other. So when they don't tell you the person's name or the race of that person we like to play this game at home white black or other <laughs> so they're not saying anything about this person what do you think White, I black. i hear your opinion no, Michael. you tell me white black i want to know white. what you think nah, let's, <laughs> let's let's play this. we're gonna get phone calls about this later on down the road <laughs> what do you think was, i'm gonna get Mike? an email there's gonna be a phone call i'm gonna get a little threatening letter <laughs> so white black oh. or other what do you think what do you think, Mike? Come on, Facebook. Tell me. Uh, this this guy that punched a flight attendant, was he white, black, or other? Come on. Somebody. Anybody? Everybody scared? I'm going to say other. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. They're not saying anything about this what guy. What does
5: that mean? What does other I mean? I
2: bet you he was Asian. I'm just putting it out there. Is that know, some Asian hate going nope, on? Nope. Nope. Not whatsoever. Because one, I saw the video. No, I saw, no, I'm I saying his no, head. No, 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 no. I saw the video of them handcuffing the guy and I already know ahead of time. So he handcuffed the guy and then walked him off the off the flight there. So yeah, I already saw a picture of him already. So I cheated a little bit. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so and it's it's crazy though. It is it, it is crazy. Uh it's it's, it's a crazy thing. Yeah. Uh I, I just like to throw that in there. Wow. Wow. What do you do? And, and, and what they're saying is uh, in 2021, you know, the amount of uh, incidents they've had on the airline, you know, is through the roof. So 923 investigations into violations of regulations up from one 100 183 last year. So last year in 2020, they had 183 of these incidents this year, there are 923 of them. Assaulting a flight attendant is a felony and up to 20 years in prison. FAA handed out hefty fines for this. So, my thing is this let me ask you this, you guys. So, what do you think happens when something happens in an airline? You know, you're in the air flying from New York to California, something happens in the air and they land. You know, do you think this person is arrested? What do you think? You think they're arrested? I think so
4: yeah probably I mean it's... no
2: they're detained, they're kicked off the flight, they're not allowed to get back on that flight. they barred them from the airline, and then they have to find their own way home, but usually they're not arrested because one, the law enforcement has no jurisdiction in the air. they have jurisdiction in in the
5: the air marshals they yeah. have there's no air marshal
2: on that flight but if they were on the flight maybe it's federal, it no. could be federal. Well I mean our, they find them you're fine but not always arrested. I
4: mean are air marshals only on flights that are national or are they only on flights that are international. Oh you're going
2: to get a hefty fine. So you screw up on the airline you're the they you know cuz TSA that's federal, you know the 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 airlines are you know governed you know by the federal government so you're going to get a, a hefty federal fine. So they're going to th- this guy's going to get fined. You know, but then you know who brings the charges? But no jail time got, for well, assault. It's got to be well, probably federal charges. They got to bring some type of federal charges against him. You know, but not necessarily city or state. Isn't that crazy? Because it didn't happen in Denver. He was arrested by Denver, you know, police department. Didn't it happen. Ha- in they the have the their air. jurisdiction in there. There, right? So it's, it's got to be federal. Isn't That's so. This they land in Denver. This guy's removed from the flight. He's barred from flying on that airline, and so. You know, if he's quiet about it, you know he could just go to another airline, buy a ticket, and go somewhere else and, and go on to buy this trip. You know, but it's going to cost him, and he's going to get that. He's going to get that fine too by the TSA.
4: Yeah, but I doubt they'll be quiet about it because I'm pretty sure if something like that happened in the air, then that would be. You would
2: f- think that information is shared with other airlines. That would
4: be shared because that. Guess that what type of information
2: would be shared amongst other airlines? Guess what? It's not. What? It's yep. That's what I thought, too. How does that work? Exactly. So that information is not always shared. They don't share that information with other airlines. So you may be barred from flying from one particular airline, but not always is that information shared with another airline. Isn't that crazy?
4: That makes no sense at all.
2: No sense whatsoever. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
4: This is On Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.
3: Talk 13-7, The Right Choice.
1: Welcome back to Come and Talk It, and now here's Michael Cargill.
2: All right, so we're back, and I want to talk about this case out of Texas, um, just outside of Austin, not too far. It's a you know national case. Every, 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 honestly, everything we've talked about has really been national this week, and so this is out of Caldwell County, Texas. Um, and so there's a deadly shooting just south of Austin, where a man was shot and killed. You know, he was sitting in the driveway of a homeowner, and basically, what happened was he was on his way home to Austin. He pulled into the driveway. Maybe he was lost. He was maybe looking at his phone to get directions to figure out where he was going to, you know, how he was getting back to the road or whatever. So somehow he was kind of, you know, flustered there a little bit sitting in the driveway, had his lights off. Uh, car was running and a homeowner looked out this window and he saw this car in his driveway. So he grabs his his he grabs his firearm. He walks outside. And apparently the guy saw him, you know, with the firearm, the the young man in the vehicle. The young man in the vehicle put the vehicle in reverse, starts backing out of the driveway. And the the homeowner runs up to the vehicle and this guy's window was up. He ends up shooting him through, you know, firing a shot, which goes through the window. Excuse me, goes through the window and hitting this guy. Now, apparently according to the autopsy report uh, the guy in the car had his hands up because it was one shot and the shot went through his hand and into his face so which tells us that his hands were up you know and his window was up as well so a shot went through the window through his hand into his into his face end up killing him end up dying and the attorneys for the homeowner are saying they're going to use the, you know, the possibly the stand your ground law and possibly the castle doctrine to defend their client, the homeowner. And I have a problem with that because when it comes to the stand your ground law, when it comes to the castle doctrine, um, I don't think people understand what they actually say. So let's talk about the castle doctrine. The castle doctrine says that if someone unlawfully with force enter, or was attempting to enter unlawfully with force, your occupied habitation, your occupied vehicle, your place of business or employment, you can use force or daily force to stop them. It says that if someone unlawfully with force is trying to remove you uh, or attempting to remove you unlawfully with force from your home, your vehicle, your place of business, you can use force or daily force to stop them. That is what the Texas Castle Doctrine says. So I want to put it to my listeners, you know, Ask yourself, the guy sitting in his vehicle, in you know, in the vehicle, in this guy's driveway, was he attempting to enter or remove the homeowner from his home, his vehicle, or place of business? If not, then he cannot use, the homeowner cannot use the castle doctrine as a defense. And then the other one is the stand-your-ground law. The stand-your-ground law says... A person who has a right to be present at the location where the force is used, who has not provoked the person against whom the force is used, and who is not engaged in any criminal activity at the time the force is used, is not required to retreat before using force. You can stand your ground. So let's think about that. So a person who has a right to be present at that location, you have a right to be there, and says that, you know, as long as you, you know, you not have not been provoked, you didn't provoke the person, you didn't start the fight, as long as you're not committing the crime it says you can use force the force, to stop that person. But part of that is you have to be justified under the law first. You have to be justified. So when it comes to the stand your ground law, I got to ask, was he justified? In order for him to be justified in shooting this person, you know, he's the guy in the vehicle had to be committing aggravated kidnapping, murder, sexual assault, aggravated sexual assault, robbery, aggravated robbery. He had to be either attempting to enter or move this person from their home, their vehicle, the place of business. He had to be committing burglary, robbery, aggravated robbery, theft in the nighttime, or criminal mischief at night. You know, ask yourself. In his, he's sitting in his vehicle in the driveway. He didn't get outside the car. He stayed inside the car. So in a situation like that, you see someone in your driveway. I don't think my first reaction is to go outside and fire a shot through their freaking window. You know, my, you know, if I think somebody's possibly in my driveway to do something, I'm probably going to watch them. The first thing I'm going to do is call the police if I suspect them of getting ready to do something. They haven't done anything yet; they're in the vehicle, so they're possibly getting ready to do something. So I'm going to call the police and watch them. I'm, my, my first instinct is not to go out and just start firing shots. So that's not, and see, that's why it's important for people to take a class. You got to take a class and learn use of force and deadly force. Learn when you can legally pull this gun out and use it. When can you legally pull a gun out and threaten someone that you're going to use it? Even in that situation there, he wasn't even justified in threatening this guy, threatening him that he was going to shoot him. He couldn't even pull the gun out and said, what are you doing in my driveway, you know, and pull the gun out and threaten him with the gun. He wasn't even justified in doing that, let alone pulling the trigger. So you have to ask yourself all that stuff. You cannot use the castle doctrine. You cannot use the stand your ground law. And the media is getting confused what these laws actually say. So once again, stand your ground. A person who has a right to be present at the location where the force is used, you have a right to be there. You're just fighting the law who has not provoked that person. You didn't start to fight. Who has not engaged in any criminal activity. You're not committing a crime. Says you do not have to retreat before using force or daily force. You can stand your ground. The castle Doctrine says that if someone with unlawful forces attempt to enter or remove you from your home... Your vehicle, your place of business, you can use force or daily force to stop them. So it's, it's going to be hard for this guy. I think it's gonna, his attorney's got an uphill battle. It's all about the jury. You know, how smart is the jury going to be? How good is his attorney in tricking the jury to making the jury believe that you know, the homeowner was justified in fear of losing his life by running up to a vehicle and firing shots? Because he had thought maybe the guy had a gun in his hand, which was his cell phone, which I don't even believe that, since he, since he had his hands up and he was shot in the hand.
5: You know, he's not the only guy that got shot this weekend over parking. Mm. So today, Sunday afternoon, according to Austin Police Department, officers responded to West Oltorf Street around 1120 a.m. After reports of a dispute between people in a parking lot over parking hmm. there, they said they found one of the people involved with bodily trauma. They tried to take him to the hospital, but he was pronounced dead at 12, 23 p.m.
2: Over a parking space. Over a parking spot. How about conflict resolution? Got to come. It's not even worth that energy. You know, it, I don't understand. You know, you, you someone taking your parks. You know what? Let them have the parking space. Find you a better one. Wait. For, you know, if you wait long enough, you'll probably find a spot even closer to the freaking building. You know, it's not even worth the energy, you know, and get involved. And now you're looking at a murder charge. You're going to lose your rights forever. You're going to jail, going to prison because you just murdered someone over a freaking parking space. Is it really worth it? You know, this is going to cost you. When you, and, and you know what? I'm willing to bet the person that pulled that the gun out and used it, I'm willing to bet they didn't take a class. Didn't learn the law. They're like, it's Texas Constitutional Carry. Everybody can carry a gun. I don't need a class. I don't need to learn the law. I don't need to learn use of force and daily force when I can use a gun, when I can't. I, the law says I can do it, so I'm going to do it. I don't need to learn nothing. And this is what happens. You gotta. I'm telling you, you got to learn this stuff. You got to calm down. And don't take these things serious. A lot of people, it's, I'm telling you, it's something in the air, <laughs> Zach. I
5: keep Something saying it. on Wednesdays, right?
2: It's, it's something going something on. from the sun. It's, right? it's solar the flares. Solar flares. I'll tell, <laughs> tonight between, what is it tonight, 9 and 10 or something like that? Well, look in the sky. It's going to be solar flares. It's going to be a light show in the sky. If it's clear, there are no clouds out there, take a look. You're going to see some stuff. I'm telling you, this is what's affecting people. It's or
4: or it could be the lack of oxygen to the brain due to the mask. That's right, because they're wearing a mask
2: in their car by themselves, not getting enough oxygen to the brain. That's what it is. I'm telling you now. Mark my words. <laughs> got to breathe, people. You got to breathe. Take a deep breath and enjoy yourself. Wednesday, hump day. Enjoy the hump. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't take life so serious. Relax, chill. No matter how bad it gets, you know, you know, let that stuff go. It's a parking space. Why are we, you know, why are you so upset about a parking space? You know, let that person have that parking space. Wait, go down to the next parking space, park there and, you know, go on and enjoy your day. Don't waste that. Don't give them the, don't let them have that negativity. Don't let them know they controlled your rest of your day by making you angry over that parking space. Don't give them that. I'm not going to give them some person, you know, that part of me to let them know you controlled my feelings and you were able to make me angry. Because you took my parking space, I'm not gonna let you have that. I'm gonna enjoy my day and forget about it and move on. Do a circle around the block. That's right. That's it. And get a closer spot.
5: What do you think? All right, you can try. You <laughs> like that? You can try. Or you
2: could just duke it out. <laughs> just duke it out. <laughs> don't do it. It's not worth it. Yeah, I'm don't telling do you. It. Yeah, it'd be that'll be 30 seconds that'll change your life forever. All right, so. All right. So this week, you know, stay tuned and take a look at uh, the the Rittenhouse case. Let me know how you, you think, you know, how you think that case is going. I don't think it's going to wrap up in one week. You know, I think it's going to take them a few days to for jury selection. You know, to wrap up there, to figure out what the jury is going to be. I think it may take them two days for that. Um, so we'll see what happens. And then once that trial actually starts with open statements, I think that's going to be a whole day. Um, Open arguments. And then, you know, just when they start calling the witnesses, I think we're looking at it's just going to be, you know, week one of this case. It's not going to end in one week at all. And uh, we talked about use of force and daily force today. I I, I cannot, you know, encourage people enough, you know, to take a class. You know, yes, you can carry a firearm. Absolutely. Uh, Learn what the laws are in the state that you live in. And also get yourself a legal plan. Because when something does happen and you have to defend yourself, you got to have a legal plan. Because when it comes to dealing with the law enforcement, when it comes to dealing with the court, when it comes to dealing with those people, you're looking at paying $20,000. If you don't have a legal plan, that's going to break you. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.